This is part two of the Commander uh, 2019 First Impressions from Scry 3. Thank you guys so much for bearing with us. This is the last episode with the messed up audio. Uh, glad that I was able to work through all of this. Didn't turn out nearly as bad as I thought it would. So please enjoy the episode. All um, right, let's go ahead and move on right. to Angie. I'll I don't know, it's do fine. Like, you want to do, like, Vampire Tribal, and, like, that's it. I, I don't really see the discard a card, draw a card doing much of anything. Uh, overall, I think the deck is kind of crap. Uh, you want to take all the red out, and you just want to play Kyrix and Yagmoth, which is a four mana, and then three black, but he makes, you know, the three black is Fraxian, and then each bl uh, black pip in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay the mana cost. All right, that's all my opinions. So. Why are you doing this bit? Okay, so continuing on with our conversation of the chess guy deck, mm. we just got done talking about the legendary creatures, and we are moving on to the, I guess, notable reprints. We could do that first, things that we like. Um, yeah, it's like Clever Impersonator, that's good. Ralzeric, always fun. I don't know. Oh, I, know. I don't know Jeskai reprints. I don't know Jeskai decks. I'm not even well, sure what. All of these cards are really new to me, or they aren't all that interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I do really like that they printed Zatalpa, the Primal Dawn. That seems just like an absolute bomb in this in this deck. And then I just like seeing dinosaurs. Yep. Uh, I just enjoy it. So that's kind of cool. Uh, reprinting Sun Titan was awesome because that card was getting a little bit expensive yeah it's like these these staples just get scarce so it, you have to like make a decision right like you know i think i only have one or two sun titans so i'm really limited on the white decks i can make or like i have one copy of land tax so i'm really limited on on, on what my white decks need to do yeah exactly and so i and uh there's Talran sky summoner which is great in this deck for instance and sorcery spells mm -hmm. um they remember. I think we were talking about this uh, this card. They printed Devil's Play, which I think is really good in this deck. Yeah, no, these are all like they. Luckily, like they, it's nice that they put more modern cards in the decks uh, that won't necessarily break them. Like going back to the morph deck, how there's Ixidor Reality Sculptor. Like that's a really, that's a really old card, um, and. That would have been nice to get a reprint, especially since like it's an instant buy if you want this deck and its price shows it was a buck fifty. This is what your morph morph legendary was. This is what we had to use beforehand, and now it's yeah. suddenly like fifteen dollars and that sucks. Yeah. It, no, it, I you know, I, I don't know if maybe I don't know if in the flashback deck, I don't think the flashback deck is going to affect any cards that aren't already in it like this in, uh, in terms of price wise yeah like we're not like gonna see like even like a 200 percent increase on any flashback cards right because there's no past in flames but no no like no past, past, in, in, flames past in flames is there's there are plenty of them around so that's i mean yeah that's the that's what i mean like there's really no i don't know there's no flashback is flashback so i don't really most of these flashback cards are fine um some of them are actually pretty bad i would say but uh the oh, re no, reprint no, no, reprint no, wise no, no. Uh, i like a lot of these flashback cards i think they're really nice I, I like a lot of the synergies that they have in here with casting spells i think is really cool um they also have ways of giving things flashback with that uh backdraft hellkite which i believe is a new card i don't think i've seen that one yet uh it's a past in flames on a on a body that you can keep using over and over 
which is really, really cool. You know, but it's just, I mean, overall, this is just a late game value deck with a lot of, you know, good, good flashback cards that, that help you out. But I think the main idea of the deck is to just it, not necessarily control the board, but just slowly accrue value just each turn until you get to the point where you overwhelm your opponents. Um, something that comes to mind that, that I really like is, where is it? Here, uh, increasing devotion, uh, five mana sorcery to get five one one uh, white humans, which is not that great. But if you cast it from your graveyard, you get ten of those tokens instead. And then, if your if your commanders on the field or not your yeah, if your commanders on the field, you get twenty of those tokens instead. So, you know, that's kind of an, a neat a neat card here. It is really expensive. I don't know exactly how strong it is, but yeah. I mean, I mean, right out of the box, that that does seem like a pretty cool thing. Um, I'm I'm more interested in like there's some pre like I'm more uh, there's mandate of peace which is like really really good that is I would say of the reprints in this deck that's the one that I think is the best or as least is like the best sleeper in a way if that makes sense uh, mandate yeah. of peace is a one mana or two mana one on white instant cast mm -hmm. a spell only during combat your opponents can't cast spells this turn and then you end the combat phase that's probably the second best fog effect in the entire Yeah, game. but but that's not a uh that's not a reprint. That's what? a new print. What the Okay, all right, whatever. Well, I'm just saying. It's I, no, not... no, never mind. That's fucking okay. No, no, it's a reprint. It's a new card. It's in the new card number. It is a new card. That's what I was saying. It's yeah. not a reprint. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were moving on to, to new cards. Oh, no, I didn't. Cuz I don't I like it. Sorry. Okay, let me reiterate. I don't think I don't none of these cards are really all that cool, like reprint wise. Like, I don't feel like there's anything of of absolute note in the reprint section other than the staples that it's nice not to run out and buy. I, I personally don't see anything that is all that. Well, there's exotic exotic orchard. Uh, Those are included card. in decks now. Now that's like a very common card. I think it's it's it, to me, it feels like it's been in every single reprint. Uh, exotic orchard has only is only in this deck it's not in any of the other ones and it hasn't been no, in the deck for a little in, while it's in this i'm literally looking at them it's in the sultai deck and it's in the uh and it's is in it the really? naya deck yeah, oh, exotic I, oh, yeah orchard. I, oh that yeah sorry I, I went a little bit further down it's, yeah, it's farther yeah, down yeah. on the list yeah, yeah i wish okay. uh we're looking at by the way for those at home i don't know if we've mentioned that we're using mythic spoilers mythic spoilers is usually so on top of their game but man, it feels like they kind of threw in a towel on the reprints because I was thinking of some pretty amazing ways to organize uh, these cards. And one of the better ways would have been to put the same cards all in the same line together. But hey, maybe that's just me. Yeah. And uh, maybe I, the tippy tippy top stuff should be the new cards. Um, you know? Yeah, I, I do think that. I mean... Like I said, at the at the top end, you know, you've got Sun Titan, which is really good. Clever Impersonator, which was getting pretty expensive. Yeah. You know, there, there's the hand. Like, oh, I think we may have talked about this briefly, but like, it's like Clever Impersonator is not going to make or break the deck. It's just not. It's just a good blue card to have in a deck that uses blue mana. And it's not also at the same time, though, it's not necessarily worth going out and buying one either, I felt. At least not for a while, because Clever Impersonator was sitting around to like, I feel like eight or nearly ten bucks uh, yeah, a while he was, back. Yeah, it was kind of expensive for a little while. You know, and, and it's just um, a card like unless you are because he's uh, 
around five bucks right now. You can probably find him for like three. But yeah, he used to be. That's right. He, uh, when he first came out, he was like in the twenties. You know, it's that's insane. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I mean, I will say in terms of reprints, you know, the the uh, Sultai deck which we talked about earlier has uh, what what's her name the uh, the Seedborn Muse. Yeah, you know? like that's good. That's um, really that's, good. That's a really good reprint in terms of value, and it also works really well in the deck. Whereas, you know, even Sun Titan, Clever Impersonator don't really scream. Yeah, actually, I don't even, I don't even see this is a spells oriented coming back from your graveyard deck. So I don't, I don't even under like Sun Titan is only in here because it's a white deck, and you should put Sun Titan in white decks because that's yeah. Good. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot you can get back with him other than lands. Yeah. And there's a couple of low-cost creatures. Uh, there's a ghostly prison in the deck, which you can get back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, reprints-wise, I don't think it's the greatest out of all of these decks, but it, it's not like it doesn't have value in it. So you wouldn't, it, it wouldn't hurt your wallet to get it. But if you're, well, strictly, if you're strictly buying these cards for value, like money value, then no, I, I think you probably want to buy Well, that's the thing. It. It, the reprints are crap. But the the new cards are really good. Ignite the Future is the second most expensive card in the set right now, you know, pre pre purchasing wise. Um he Ignite the Future is right below Kirik. So that's really yeah. good. And Ignite the well, Future is a sorcery that lets you, you know, look at the top three or exile the top three cards of your library and you can cast them without paying their mana cost with a flashback. So yeah. And, and if you, I mean, if we're moving on to the, the new cards right now, like I love Secrets of the Dead. Uh, three mana enchantment, whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, you draw a card. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's awesome. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know? like it's good. Like I was talking about Mandate of Peace. It's second only to Teferi's Protection as a fog effect. I mean, you can make an argument for Angel's Grace because it technically has a split second, but, you know, this has adjacent split second which is stopping your opponents from casting spells the rest of the game or rest of the turn um also it it ends the combat phase so that means if there are uh any end of combat phases that may or may not trigger you know like you can you can because it's ending you can you can absolve any of those triggers like extra combat steps um yeah you know so stuff like Um, that so that's really good uh, yeah. I would say another really good card in the deck is Dockside Extortionist, where you get X creature or X treasure tokens, where X yeah. is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. That's yeah. that's pretty good. If you I get like, three treasure tokens with him, which is totally possible, even on turn two, like that's just value. Yeah, I think I think Dockside Extortionist is is really good. Uh, I think right out of the box, like if you were playing this deck against the other three, he's probably not that good. Mm-hmm. But if you bring him into any other deck against normally built decks there are so many artifacts um and enchantments that are just you know that are just ubiquitous throughout all of commander Mm -hmm. and then um, there's also uh the last one on my list at least is empowered auto generator empowered auto generator it's weird title but it's an artifact enters the battlefield tapped but then you tap it to put a charge counter on it and then you add x mana of any one color where x is the number of charge counters on empowered auto generator yeah, I like this. It's a mouthful a lot. of a title, but that's a very good card if not checked early. Yeah, if you if you let that thing get three charge counters on it, it it becomes uh, Gilded Lotus, and then just mm. keeps getting better mm. from there. Because what I like about it is a lot of times when you have something like this, you have an effect that puts the charge counter on it, or an effect that adds you the mana. Mana, but this does both. 
Mm -hmm. uh, it you tap it, it puts a charge counter on itself, and then you get that mana instead of having to choose between putting a charge counter on it and getting the mana. You get both, which is really nice. Uh, it does come in tapped, which kind of sucks, but that's just them trying to you know power it down a little bit. But overall, I actually really li I like this deck a lot. I think it'll be really fun. But my thinking on this deck is, if you look at the morph deck, I don't think the morph deck needs that much help to be better. This deck, I think, needs a lot more put into it and a lot more Maybe. stuff to get, yeah. to get taken out of it to yeah. make it really, really good. I, uh, um, I have a, I have a different opinion, but that's just, I'm, I'm used to control decks and, and it's kind of hard. I would really need to actually play some games with the deck, but I figure like you can actually not touch this deck at all. I'm, I'm on the kind of the complete opposite end. There are obviously just some not good cards, but if, yeah. in, cause um, this deck is looking to just play flashback spells. And if you're a fan of that, you really only need a couple of different, just better cards, and then I think you're fine. No, uh, for me, my, my whole thing with this is, uh, for example, I look at Z uh, Zatalpa, right? Sure. And I see that card as being the epitome of what this deck wants to do, is just accrue value right. with your flashback stuff, and then drop something like Zatalpa. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that this deck probably wants a few more options that's that's <laughs> that yeah okay okay so i guess we yeah. agree on that yeah it, it yeah. needs more zitalpas right? yeah I, yeah i'm not saying you need to like re-overhaul the whole deck it mm. does a lot of what it wants to do it cares about casting instants and sorceries it has good flashback stuff in it uh talrand gutter snipe um although i didn't i don't think it's got what's her name the uh the one that gives you an elemental every time you cast a instant or sorcery oh uh pyromancers uh young pyromancer right. Yeah, so stuff like that, you know, more just more synergy yeah. stuff like it that. Could, it it would have been really sick if they uh, reprinted Monastery Mentor in here. Like that would completely change my opinion on the reprints yes. in this deck. Monastery yeah. Mentor is an expensive card, and this deck like auto is should probably be should an really card. really really like it. Yeah, absolutely. I I one hundred percent agree. Um, overall, I I mean I like the deck a lot. I think it's really really cool. I like Savine as a commander. Um, I think he's got a lot of utility on him. Uh, the other thing is, he does say whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery from your graveyard, it doesn't say whenever you flashback a card. So it, you know, there, there are, things, are there are things there are other ways mm. to to cast things from graveyards yeah. that aren't just flashback. Mm. You know, mm. um, unfortunately, I, I can't. Uh, I can think of one off the top of my head, but I think that get grabs things from your opponent. So I won't even I won't even mention it. But most, I, I know most great like most things that say, hey, cast this from your graveyard will just give it flashback. Uh, what comes to mind, of course, is something like um, Sna Snapcaster, Snapcaster Mage. Mage. Exactly right. Like the Snapcaster Mage gives something past in flames will give your spells flashback. And then the flashback ability cast is the same as its top right corner. So you know, like, actually, when I'm really looking at this, I didn't realize Monastery Mentor was a nearly $40 card. Monastery Mentor really needed to be in this deck. And it would have been yeah. kind of cool to get a Snapcaster Mage, because I would have bought this deck immediately. Oh, they, they would they would never put Snapcaster Mage in one of these decks, because then everybody just buys this deck yeah. just for Snapcaster Mage. That's and then, and then new okay. players... Well, what I mean is, like, new players that just want to play the deck lose out on the deck you know they because everybody's just buying it just for snapcaster mage or uh one thing that i heard that's a fear is that um uh, local game stores will just open it up take out the snapcaster mage and then sell everything as singles and they'll make they'll make more money that way 
but they're going to make more money that way just doing that. Wouldn't they? I mean... No, but so like right now, uh, Snapcaster Mage is what sixty dollars. Yeah, it's pretty maybe cool. maybe more, maybe wow. eighty. So basically, what what they do is uh, uh, the LGS would open it up, take out Snapcaster Mage, and sell that for eighty bucks, and then sell all of the other individual cards for what uh, they're worth. Yeah, Snapcaster Mage is sixty five, uh, maybe fifty. Um, but I mean, like they can they can now. I understand Snapcaster Mage is very 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 expensive. But, like, if they were going to do that, if they were just going to open it and sell the singles, that still would make them more money. These, these decks, their cards do not equal 40 bucks. They equal in the 80 if not $90, range sometimes. Obviously, because they're reprints, the price goes down. But every single, basically, from what I saw, like, every single card in these decks, minus basic lands and other kind of just normal lands that have been reprinted into Oblivion, everything was at least worth a buck or two. You know, or at least a large majority of them, I should, you know, were a buck or two. So these these yeah. decks are expensive. So yeah, no, I I agree. I, I understand because we well when we were we were ta- we um last episode we talked about the original Grixis deck and that thing sold insanely well because of True Name Nemesis and True Name Nemesis is one of the most broken cards in Legacy right now. So I do understand that. But most places, especially if you're worried about the casual player, the casual player is buying this at Walmart. They're buying it at Target and Target and Walmart are going to be selling them at MSRP all the time. So, you know, obviously the 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 MTG finance dorks can run out and buy eight billion of them. And that does suck. So, again, maybe Snapcaster Mage isn't the right card, but monastery mentor could have easily gotten in here and then people would have been like oh shit this is a 30 dollar card i i don't know i uh, uh, uh i want wizards to be more brave with their reprints is all well i mean i would agree with monastery mentor yeah you know so because it's really good for the deck i think snapcaster i i would have never i would have never thought that they would put snapcaster mage in there i'm, I not, actually, I'm not even i don't upset think snap, they... i don't think snapcaster mage uh, other than the fact that snapcaster mage is a good card I don't think Snapcaster Mage actually belongs in this deck. Oh, in this deck, absolutely. Yeah. No, well, no, yeah, but most of the most of the cards that you that have flashback, or most of the cards that you want to cast again, already have flashback. I, I'm keep looking through it, and like Factor Fiction is the only card in here where I'm like that second cast would be pretty dope. Oh, I would like to get Stormherd twice. You know, well, technically three times with your commander. Uh, create X one one uh, white Pegasus creature yeah. token with flying where X is your life total. You know, um, there's a couple. I suppose so. Yeah, uh, these are. I mean, uh, these are all good cards. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But it's also like, you know, a, another copy of Magma Quake. Uh, yeah. Refuse. Refuse. Well, to... hold on. Like, okay, another copy of Magma Quake. We have that. We have the other. We have the other X Fireball. We have Devil's Play. No, that already but, has flashback. But Magma Quake is a kind of like a board sweeper. It deals damage. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So get, yeah. getting the double yeah. damage is good because now yeah, you could yeah, yeah. you can make that X cost even cheap, yeah, like even like less. three or something like that. That's yeah, like, that's and, and you still get yours. Um, and then some madness, uh, um, or it's not madness, I'm sorry, some flashback abilities actually cost more. That's because so, the flashback is supposed to be balanced. No, what I'm saying is because some flashback things cost more than what they originally cost, you could do a Snapcaster Mage and then flashback it for its regular cost i mean okay yes yes but are you really going to be spending nearly 70 dollars for this like half a percentage more efficient efficiency 
That's I what I mean that, by you don't you don't need Snapcaster Mage. Of course, Snapcaster Mage goes in here. Snapcaster Mage goes in any blue deck. But you, do you really need Snapcaster? Uh, I, I, well, I actually just disagree with the Snapcaster Mage goes in every blue deck. <laughs> I no, mean, you get you you get your good blue draw spells back, or you get counter spell back. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, no, Snapcaster um, Mage. It's it's like the, the issue is is that like Snapcaster Mage is an extremely efficient card. It is very very good because it gives a card flashback the, the the cost of flashback right plus two and flashback a lot of the times when they try to do it in a balanced way uh just look at savine's reclamation right it's flashback is literally two more it's it is an extra snapcaster mage so snapcaster mage like that's why snapcaster mage is a good card but also like snapcaster mage you don't win with snapcaster mage beats in edh like you would in a legacy control deck no, you don't. Um, but anyways, I, I think we're getting way up, way up. I mean, okay. like, I would say, like, kids, save your money just by mission briefing. I think mission briefing will serve you better compared to a Snapcaster Mage. That's just my opinion, though. And that's pretty controversial, I know. Mission briefing is blue, blue, instant, uh, surveil two, and then give a card flashback in your graveyard. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That I mean, that's... Might as well just do that. Yeah, um, you know, and then like, also that that's a spell that can can be, you know, mm-hmm. given flashback yeah. or, or, um, or something like that. One thing, right? I, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm, I'm bored with this deck already. Uh, well, actually, two things. First one is we've been, we've been saving, saying flashback a lot. But remember, Jumpstart also lets you cast a card from your graveyard. There's only like one ju- Jumpstart de- card in this deck that I noticed. Chemistry's Insight. Yeah. I that this to me, Chemistry's Insight is one of the best jumpstart cards. I literally cannot think of any other cards, even though we just got done with uh, uh, all that whole set of 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 Jank of Ravnica. Um, but if you at home feel like being a better Magic player than me and look at good jumpstart cards, be my guest. Uh, if you, I don't think there's a card that was printed that gives something jumpstart. Or does well, mission briefing give it jumpstart? Uh, no, I, it gives it. Um, it. It doesn't give it flashback, but it mm, uh, effectively it through it. through words it gives it flashback. Yeah, it allows um, you to cast it from your graveyard. W- one cool uh, card with uh, jumpstart that I really like is quasi duplicate. Mm, uh, you cre- that is you a create good one. Three mana, create a token that's a copy mm. of target mm. creature you control, and then you can jumpstart it. Uh, and jumpstart basically just says that you uh, you may cast it from your graveyard as uh, again. Uh, you still have to pay its normal cost, but then you have to discard uh, a card that you that's already in your hand. Yep. So um, it, it is a little bit card disadvantage, but if let's say you got you're just drawing nothing but lands, mm-hmm. if you have the cards with jumpstart in your deck, uh, you you know you can get some more value off of that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously with your commander, because you are casting it from your graveyard, like with quasi duplicate, you'll get two tokens, mm-hmm. which is pretty mm-hmm. which is pretty nice. Um, like you said, chemistry's insight. Um, there's like that uh, direct current. One. I mean, you would never run this one, but uh, direct current is three mana to deal two damage to any target. Uh, yeah, and then, hey, dude, and then, I won. I won most of my limited matches because I had like eight copies of that card. So yeah, um, so there's uh, Sonic Sonic Assault is three mana. That's another uh, good one. Tap target creature and it deals two damage to that creature's controller, and then you can jumpstart it. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you would ever need to put these cards in the deck, yeah. but. But they, but they do exist they if do you want to go. They do have jumpstart. Re- they are things. really, you know, really into it. But I would like, I would load up with those effects 
because there's a few of them in the deck right now, but I would really focus on on stuff like um, a new card that just recently came out in guilds was Electrostatic Field, which is a 0-4 wall. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, it deals one damage to each opponent. Stuff like that, I think, is what I would really be focusing on. If I was building the deck, I would want a lot, you know, the flashback stuff, a lot of copy effects, take, you know, just cast as many instants and sorceries as I can. Maybe not so much go storm, but just go big value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then try to get as many of these kind of effects. You know, Talran Sky Summoner is going to give you two twos. Um, there's a bunch of things that say whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you deal damage. Uh, Gutter Snipe, Electrostatic Field. I think there's a blue red one that does the same kind of thing as, as Gutter Snipe. Um, uh, I think you're actually thinking of the Guild Mage that just makes it cost one less, which is still good. Oh, I am. Yeah, and that's still good. You could still play that. <laughs> yeah, there, there are plenty of like. There are plenty of good spells matter cards that you can dump into this deck. And then what you do is, is you just take out like these. Some of these cards are ridiculous. I'm, I'm amazed they had the gall to print something like fervent denial in a in any deck whatsoever. Do you know what that one does? No, I, I'm not seeing that one. Three blue blue counter target spell oh, yes. flashback five blue blue. Listen, people at home, you may think to yourself. It's Commander. I'll always have five mana open. Please don't fall. Please don't. Just don't do that. Take that card out. Have it be an island. Have it be a regular counter spell. Have it be a regular. (laughs) Hell, cancel. Just have it be cancel. Just, that's okay. Uh, Yeah, Fervent fervent Denial is just not not a good card. It's just not good. I understand why they put it in the deck, but... You know, Idiots, uh, imbeciles, it's just, more it's just not good. Um, Oh, I have a question. Yeah. And maybe if anybody uh, listens to this, they can, if they might know. But so the, uh, the enchantment Burning Vengeance is a three mana um, enchantment. Uh, whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, it deals two damage to any target. So I'm curious. I don't know if this is if, if this is how this works. Mm-hmm. But with your command, with the commander out where you get two copies of it, does that mean you're dealing four damage or is that no. copy not coming from your graveyard? No, yeah, the copy does not does yeah. not come from your graveyard. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of extra damage dealt through this. I don't, you know, no, the the ruling would be no because the copy just suddenly exists on the on the stack. Yeah. Oh, and, and here's one other thing. I, I think this kind of gets missed a lot with, with Savine, but so cards like uh, Rolling uh Tembler or Trembler, whatever that's called. Um, and then uh, Magma Quake, you know, those kind of like mass damage cards like that mm. deal, deals damage to everything will not hit your commander. So when thinking mm. about board, board wipes, you know, there, there's a uh, Divine Reckoning is a board wipe that destroys all creatures except one. Each player chooses one creature uh, they control and then you destroy the rest. Um, but I would really consider putting in a lot of those cards that deal damage to yeah, everything. Yeah, those because, red board wipes. Those would be yeah, really good. Because your commander will survive those. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't have even if they don't have flashback, it's still I mean, any kind of board wipe where you're gonna be on top at the end is just gonna be good. Yeah. But but I think we've uh, talked about flashback uh, a lot uh, sure. for this, you know, given a couple of ideas. So yeah. um sorry, uh, the last point I wanna make is yeah, Savine's garbage, take him out of the deck, spend the fifteen bucks on top and ethereum sculptor and then just make elsha of the infinite your commander you'll win every game without even trying that hard trust me i want to put a uh, disclaimer out there uh dale is a pessimist and i am an optimist so never take everything Listen. dale says literally um yes elsha is extremely powerful but if you like savine just play savine. i expect them to be 
big enough to to understand but a lot of the times people just want that win quick strat and yeah sometimes just switching to a different commander and spending ten dollars versus painfully combing over your jeskai control deck you know is a simple simple matter okay (laughs) but we're gonna move on to the naya deck now um the naya deck which is called what is that deck called primal genesis yeah is cool is, pretty cool is uh, makes the me number want to play the, green yeah the the top uh commander the the lead like the the lead of the deck is gear red i think i'm saying that right the, think, conclave, yeah, like that. the conclave exile which i really like this because he's from ravnica mm-hmm. and he was originally a member of the selesnia uh conclave and then i guess he's been exiled yeah, according got, to his name got mad. and and now he's hanging out with the gruel uh kind of clan something well based on the colors yeah he left. No, i think he left. uh it's fine it's, yeah he got kicked out of selesnia for having anger management problems that's the red legendary creature human shaman he's a two five which is questionable at best uh when he enters the battlefield you create a four four green rhino creature token with trample when he attacks you populate the token enters the battlefield tapped and attacking pretty pretty good um when i wanted this deck i wanted it to be uh blue so bant uh so that way you could just make token copies of anybody's creature but like literally with the same exact ability is perfect um there are some serious shenanigans you can do with helm of the dominator uh could you i mean what pick a legendary to populate every attack step can you think of it? I can think oh, of it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said Helm of the Dominator. It's yeah. Helm of the Host. Helm of the whatever. Oh, well, just God. him. Just put it on. Oh, it is on Helm of the Host. Whoopsies. Um, yeah, but also yeah. like, yeah, you put it on him. But like any, you know, there's a particular angel that gives you extra combat steps. And I believe well, Helm of the Dominator well, does that. Helm, Helm of the, the host. host. Whatever that card is. The well, Helm yes. Of- yes. But if you're going to put it on, um, if you're going to put it on her. You actually you don't need gear red. That's a that's infinite combat steps just by putting it on her. Sure, but um, now you get but, infinite plus two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, just what basically what Helm of the Host does. If you don't know, at the beginning of combat on your turn, uh, you it's an equipment, and you get a copy of the equipped creature. But if the equipped creature is legendary, that copy is no longer legendary. So you don't have the legend rule that gets rid of it. If you put that on gear red he's going to make a copy of himself, which is going to give you another four, four rhino. Mm-hmm. And then it has haste. The token gains haste. And so when you swing with gear ed and the new copy of gear ed, you get two populate triggers, okay. which you can then populate both of the gear Eds that just entered. And then you get two more, uh, trampling, um, stuff, rhinos. Unfortunately, yeah. those, those two copies will die because they're not protected under the, um, under the helm of the host, you know, not legendary clause, but you still get Wait. two more four four green rhinos. Oh yeah. Wait, no, if you no, helm of the host creates the token, but it it, it loses oh, you're legendary. Right. Yeah, you're right. So, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so Gear, never mind. Gear Ed hangs out and stays. Uh, yeah, so, I, then, so now, now you have four copies yeah, of Gear Ed yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and four green rhinos. Rhinos, yeah. There is there basically this is like a, a helm of the host deck. Sorry. Helm of the Dominator is a Dota 2 item. Uh so yeah, this is this is that the kind of deck that you want to build. Uh there are plenty of decks that do this very well, and a lot of the good targets for Helm of the Host are in red. Uh just look up like any Brutaclad deck, and I'm sure you'll see anything very, very fun. 
Yeah, there's uh, a, there's a, there are so many things that Helm of the Host yeah. can go on, but when you start putting it on legendary creatures, it just becomes broken. And so I mean, if you, if you can untap after that, like, you know, what we just talked about, now you have four gear heads. If you can untap with that and then swing again, you can just, I mean, you're, you're just going to overrun mm, your board. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really good. I, I really like your, um, the, the two five, uh, power don't, you know, don't, um, I guess don't be upset too much about that. He does come in and gives a four-four green rhino, mm-hmm. so you are getting, you know, six power and nine toughness. Yeah, uh, for, for five mana, and then the ability, you know, when he attacks, you're gonna you're gonna be able to populate at least that four-four green rhino. Mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. you know, the good thing is he doesn't just populate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also, I mean, he does, but he gives you a target. So even if no matter what, if you don't have anything else to populate, you can still populate that that green rhino which is good um moving on to the next commander um, well i want to two things really quickly one thing that's kind of neat is that this is the first time populate is on any card that's not just green or white um also populate itself uh just for any hidden value populate doesn't target a creature you just choose a token creature so if you have a token that has shroud you can still populate it uh, i'm sure there are cards that make this very good so i just want to like have that be noted um that when the ability will resolve you do not need to choose a target so it's very very good if you need to do something like that now i'm done with jared i want to never talk about him again <laughs> uh marisi breaker of the coil is one and naya so red green white for a five four cat warrior your opponents can't cast spells during your during combat, and whenever a creature you control dies, uh, com- uh, I'm sorry, dies. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you goad each creature that player controls. Uh, for me, I think this wants to be a token deck. Yeah, um, go wide. Uh, I think, but I don't like, like I don't think Marasai. Marasai, I think is good in the deck. I don't, I don't think that he's bad in the deck by any means. But if you wanted to build him as his own commander, I think you want to build like a bunch of really small creatures, yeah, um, and and just kind of go wide like that. Whereas most populate decks tend to want to, you want to go kind of wide, but you're trying to populate really big creatures, not, you know, not just make as many one ones and two twos as you can. But that's what I think Marasai wants to do. Mm. Um, and just the fact that he he stops spells uh, from your opponents during combat, which is nice. And that is that's not just on your turn. That's not just your combat. It's all combat. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't have to worry about. You can block safely with him on the field. You don't have to worry about weird any weird uh, effects. combat effects that they might have. Like with with they're swinging into you, you can block with no uh, with no worries. So so that's pretty cool. Yeah, don't underestimate goad as an ability. We personally, I don't, I mean, I literally never played against a goad deck. I doubt you have before. Well, goad is, I don't think has ever really been. A, I know there's that uh, goblin that can goad things, yeah. but but yeah, the reason why I'm saying this should go tokens is because all you need to do is have one of your creatures connect and you goad all of their stuff. And if you can swing out in a way where you're dealing at least one point of damage to each of your opponents, they will be swinging at each other and you'll be completely safe. So you you essentially want to swing out every single time Mm -hmm. because you want to make sure you get those goad. Uh, those go triggers yeah and you're um, you're protected as long as you make connections and let's you know you can either some players will just take the one and they'll be goaded um and because they didn't even plan on attacking you at all but then that like 
if you can get them in like if you if you can condition them to do that then you can start playing spells and you can start really getting ahead and getting into positions where they really should be attacking you but they can't anymore because they're goaded uh the yeah. card and, you are thinking of by the way is the nuke renzo from the yeah. conspiracy two yeah well he's not new anymore no. <laughs> but um yeah and and like dale said don't like you know don't underestimate the power of goad in all aspects it's not mm -hmm. just powerful in the fact that now they can't attack you because they're attacking each other they're leaving themselves open to be attacked by other by other players and you know if if one player hits somebody for 10 or 15 they're not going to look at you as like oh well you goaded him it's your fault they're just gonna be like you hit me for 15 mm -hmm. <laughs> you know um, so, I mean, Goad politically is really, yeah. really strong. And it's also like, it, um, I don't think, you don't want to think of Goad as like an aggro ability. You want to think of it as a control ability. Abs absolutely. That's that's your best option. If you can sneak in a 1-1 one -one on the guy that has been just casting massive dinosaurs, perfect. You know, you are safe now for at least one more turn. You also want to look at things that have trample because e e let's say you have a 5-5 five -five that tramples and they, even though they have a blocker, that can kill it you can still you still like it's okay to sacrifice that five five in the situation where you need to go to the guy with the 2020 whatever creature right you this is like goat is controlling it is not an aggro ability and oh it, but, I, I, it, yeah. but it is the way that you can control the game in aggro absolutely and it also um, once you have goaded somebody they do have to swing out so yeah, well, once, you, again. once you've goaded a creature, they have to swing out. So mm -hmm. unless they play a creature that turn as a blocker, you're going to be able to get get in. In fact, once you start goading, it's going to be easier to really continue. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is there are so, so many creatures in Commander that are, that are small that just want to sit there. They don't want to attack. Mm -hmm. And goading those creatures, those utility creatures that people really want to keep, that's perfect i mean somebody's mana birds now has to swing in and just get blocked you know um mm -hmm. so yeah i i think marisai is some kind of i mean it, it's like an aggro control hybrid it's it's interesting yeah he's um, cool i, well, I like yeah. him build the deck it's real simple yeah really really cool um i don't necessarily think you would want to take gear at and mm -hmm. put marisai in mm -hmm. but but I think he's a really good commander, and I think there's no reason to not have Marisai in the deck. I, yeah. I wouldn't take him out of the deck. He's just a good card. Now, moving on to probably my favorite card. I of think this, this card deck. is literally the strongest. Like, maybe Elsha. No, El Elsha's the strongest, but Atla's still really strong. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Atla is... Granted, she's a 2-3, uh, so it's not like she, she has no way of protecting herself. <laughs> but some, These are some prime Brea targets. Yeah, she's a four mana, uh, one and Naya, so red, green, white. Uh, for a two, three human shaman, she has the uh, activated ability to pay two mana and create a zero, one green egg creature token with defender. And then whenever an egg you control dies, you reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card and put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. That means for two mana, I can get a little zero, one and then sacrifice it and potentially get like... Uh, an Eldrazi, or you know, I mean, like just Anything, just the possibilities are literally endless. I I know, yeah. Any good creature that that's in your deck, if you you could build it so that that you have like fifteen creatures in your deck, and they're all just like the absolute biggest bomb creatures that exist in the format, and that's all your whole deck. Or you can, you know, uh, what I am kind of interested in is is doing stuff like, you know, 
getting something like Zetalpa, you know, just those kind of really big, strong creatures. Um, getting, uh, what's that other dinosaur um, that has like three different activated abilities? I can't remember the name, Good. but it's, it, Good it's in... It's in Naya too. I mean, you're in the perfect colors for big boys, and and she just really helps you yeah. uh, get those big boys out. And I just and I just love the flavor of it. You get eggs, the eggs hatch, and you get a big, you, you know, a big, a, a big boy. You get a big boy. Uh, the uh, dinosaur you're thinking of is, is Zakama. Uh, I think. I mean, this is like this is just better. Mile, Mile. right? Yeah, uh, Mile, Mile, Mile of the Anima. Yeah, like this is just this. That was, I would say. For a very, very, very long time, this was the best Naya legendary creature for all the Timmies out there who just want to play the big stuff for cheap. Uh, yeah. It just like now there's just a better one. Atlas just better. I mean, yeah. I, I love it. It's it's as of right now, I'm going to play a lot of these decks, but I think right now Atlas is going to be my new deck that I'm building mm-hmm. um, just because I mean, it's and, and I'm not even much of a Timmy, but this just seems so much fun because it's, this is not this is the, this is the sleeper deck. You know, uh, this is I don't think this is a Timmy deck. This is a Johnny deck that does yeah. Timmy things. Yeah. And um, then the Timmies get to finally play a good creature uh, for their bad. <laughs> that easily gets their bad creatures out. Uh, yeah. And I want to before we move on from her, I want to talk about a card called Thornbite Staff. Yeah. All right. This is the $15 upgrade that makes your deck stupid and auto win the game. Congratulations. Thorn, Thorn, Thornbite Staff costs, I'm looking at it right now, it costs $4. Yeah. So go buy it. Um, it, is a, it costed a dollar not yeah. long ago. Yeah. So Thornbite Staff is a two mana shaman equipment. And whenever, like, it, it has one line of text, you can equip for four. But whenever a shaman creature comes into play, you may attach it, you attach the thornbite staff to it. And wouldn't you know that Atla Polani just happens to be a shaman? I hate magic so, gathering. So you you play thornbite staff on turn two, and then on turn four you play Atla, and it immediately gets attached, uh, equipped to her. Yep. And then what thornbite staff does is it has the ability to pay two. And this creature deals one damage to target creature or player. And, and this is the important one, whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, you untap this creature. Which means I wouldn't necessarily use the two uh, and tap to create, to, to deal the one damage. It's mainly just for that when creatures die, you untap it. But that basically says that you can sacrifice one of your zero ones to any red sack outlet that exists or even... Oh, what were we talking about? We're talking about Ashnod's Altar. That literally wins you the game. It wins you the game. You get every creature. Ashnod's Altar, three mana artifacts. Sacrifice a creature, add two mana to your mana pool. So you sacrifice the egg, you get two mana. Atla untaps, two mana tapper, you get an egg. Sacrifice the egg to Ashnod's Altar. Get every creature out from your deck. You're done. Yeah. Game and over. All, you, all you need to do is make sure that one of those creatures gives haste to everything, which there are a few in red that can do that. There's a few uh, in just, green. I think there's even a couple in white. Yeah. So just pick your poison um, and you just you put them all onto the field. Um, hope Crater Hoof Behemoth is in the bottom of your deck. Yeah. And yeah, and hope that Crater Hoof Behemoth, if you put it in your deck, is kind of low uh, in that in that number. Um, it's I mean, it's just a very, very cool uh cool little combo that you can do with her and and even if you don't have astronaut's altar i mean there's all kinds of sack outlets you can you can do it a little bit more fair where you just don't go infinite all right but 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 why would you okay now this is (laughs) this is what infuriates me to no end the two 
space commanders that do these perfectly fine, perfectly balanced things that really, I, I see no way in breaking Kadena's three less to cast for morph creatures. I just, you know, I don't, I, what? What are you doing? You're playing your morph creatures for free? Oh no, better not let him play two? Like, or or Savine too. First instant or sorcery, you get to copy it. Why why isn't all of why isn't it all of them? Yeah, why why do you know, why do Elsa oh, and Atla just we're, we're afraid that they're gonna combo off with what mana? If they're making infinite colored mana, they're gonna win a different way. And then we see Atla, it's like, ah, oh, you know what, dude, just win the game is fine. <laughs> well, I think I think probably the reason they can get away with that is the deck's not built around Atla. The deck's not built how, around How is it not built? Okay, 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 okay. Just because you can't immediately infinite combo in the deck by itself, how is the deck not built around Atla? What are you doing? You're getting creatures. Creatures win you the game. Like, in this kind of deck, just because, oh, like, oh, man, it's not populate. Like, who cares? Like, Atla, Atla isn't a build around. Atla is get Thornbite Staff, get Ashnaut's Altar, get a haste enabler win win easy peasy lemon squeezy right well yeah but uh, to to be fair you aren't in the colors that are going to easily be able to acquire those cards it's not like you're in blue or black where you can just go grab those cards and have them easily white can easily get you artifacts there are tutors in white that get you artifacts or you just draw them like you know like you can play a 75 percent deck but like just because just because you can't easily just because you're not like going to be like turd one swamp tap it dark ritual demonic tutor vampiric tutor go get your win conditions like it doesn't mean that you know you can't just mulligan once or twice and get half of the combo ready to go or really honestly like atla with just ashnod's altar is really good they're you know like it's 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 like it's just it's so it, it just bewilders me to no end why they wouldn't is it because they literally couldn't there's a lot of space. There's a lot of text on this card. Do you think they literally couldn't add in? You can only do this once per turn. I mean, maybe. Um, but again, I think that there's they have a little bit more freedom to make some of the non-face commanders a little bit extra powerful because you know they're not putting stuff like Thornbite Staff in it. They're not putting the cards in Elsha that make her broken. Right. Okay. Know? But then what about Volrath? Volrath only transforms until you're the until your next turn. Why can't he just stay the same? Dude, he only costs one. Who, he might no, as, who cares? My, who cares? Who cares? Why can't he just stay the creature you copied the entire time? Dale, I don't know what to tell you. you I mean, you could bitch and moan about it all day long. I'm just, but saying, it's not I'm just saying that there's a precedent to make overpowered Jeskai and, and Naya Commanders. Well, this is like the first overpowered Naya Commander I think I've ever seen. Um, Jeskai does tend to tend to get a lot of really I mean, powerful Zakama is a win condition unto himself. As long That's as you, true. as long as you control three extra lands or, or like four extra lands or whatever it is. Yeah, in order to do that, you just have to get to like, um, you have to get to like eleven mana yeah. to do it. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, uh, effectively, uh, Atla can win as early as like turn five, uh, yeah. and just 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 win. You have to have the right cards, obviously, uh, yeah. which is true, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is true for everything. Which is true but... for everything, right? You know, you you could also be like like I say constantly, you could also be at three life, and your opponent has lightning bolt, but. But, but comparatively, like, how much extra effort do you have to put in for Volrath to give him Infect, to make him a 10, 10 power creature, and then sneak him in to deal combat damage to a player versus have creatures in your deck? 
but I want to know why are why are you not as mad at Elsha? She's way more I, powerful. Because yeah, no, I am just as <laughs> mad at El- Elsha. I don't know if people could notice. I think I'm just boiling over at this point. Elsha is also way too powerful. You should only be able if they're gonna make Savine this innocent homie that just wants to copy flashback cards versus Elsha, who's like, ah, you you can't cast non-creature. It, it's it's prowess synergy. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. Yeah. Are you are you mad because Elsha and Atla aren't the face commanders, or are you just mad that they printed powerful commanders? Uh, I'm, mad, I'm mad that that they they fit that they for whatever reason the face commanders have these arbitrary, like this. You can only do it the first time, right? Kadena, the first face down creature spell you cast each turn cost three less to cast. Why can't it just be? Face down creatures cost three less to cast. What are you breaking with having all of your morph creatures be free? I understand that she well, draws you a card. Uh, I do get that. Maybe she shouldn't draw a card. Maybe she should do something else. Savine, why is it the only Savine is even more ridiculous? Well, okay, I'll give you the thing on Savine. Kadena, abs- absolutely not, because you can you could theoretically just play like eight to ten yes the thing is 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 when we look at like okay they obviously balanced her because of the draw card thing right but like change the draw card maybe it maybe it's i don't know play a land from your hand or something like that right like that's that's another perfectly sultai perfectly mid-rangey ability why that would be the i would much rather have a kadena that can cast all of the morph creatures in your hand for free and then maybe get one or two extra lands versus Draw right, one right. extra card. Right, Dale, Dale, Dale. Yeah. We we could bitch about how this card is stronger than this card, and this card should could could have been stronger, and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, let's just be happy that they made a strong commander. Yeah, and these are commanders. But why couldn't Elsha be Grixis? Because then I could win with tendrils of agony. Oh, see now now we're hearing why can't here. why do I, why do all the Grixis commanders have to be crap? But the Jess guy gets to I'm winning the game cards. See? now we're getting to now the root of the jealous. problem now I'm, yeah, yeah. And i'm just jealous yeah. of most points but still <laughs> like still like it, it's like the like i feel i feel like elsha and atla could be legitimately dangerous like to a play group's oh, enjoyment oh. of the game oh absolutely uh elsha can be very very oppressive if you build it that way yeah. atla, atla i don't think i think you could even put that combo in there and i don't think that it's going to be overly oppressive i think there are still things that you know obviously you do it once and then your player group's going to know that it's happening. Right, Elsha, yeah. the, the reason I think Elsha is way more broken is you, it's really hard to respond to that. It's really that hard to true. stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can stop the Atlas stuff. Um, you know, all you gotta, you know, or, I mean, or at least, you? at least still all, all of this stuff is still instant speed. You technically can't even respond to the, you know, the sacrifice trigger from, well, from you can't, Ash Nights. You, you can't respond to that. Um, but like you can, you, you can still counter the Senzi cast. No, no, but you can, you can see that coming. And, and also, you know, what, once everything's on the battlefield, you, there are a lot of things that can, can screw up combat, uh, for you. Whereas Elsha, sure. you don't even need to go to combat. You just, yeah, you just job. play, yeah, you just play grape shot. You play two storm cards and win the game. Yeah. And if, if, no, I, if they I don't... do agree, I do agree. Elsha, Elsha is the most ridiculous one. I, I think Elsha is like literally the most powerful one. We're going to talk yeah. about Angie in a second. And Angie is very, very, very powerful. But Elsha is like lit, like it, it, it's legitimately dangerous to a player's enjoyment to the game. 
just yeah. like Narset was and is. Yeah, but they they gotta print cards like that every now and then because then people people complain that they're not that they're not printing powerful cards. So every now and then you gotta just drop in a couple yeah, of really strong ones. <laughs> well, that's a whole different problem that we'll, we can talk about in a different episode. But this this podcast is already super long, so let's move on to Tangarth, the first mate. Yeah. who is a, uh, this is one of the off-color commanders, two and Grohl, so two red, green, for a 5-5 five, five Minotaur warrior, which I like that it's a Minotaur. Uh, it can't be blocked by more than one creature, and whenever an opponent attacks with one or more creatures, if Tangarth is tapped, which means you kind of have to have attacked with it, um, you may have that opponent gain control of Tangarth until an, uh, until end of combat, and if you do, you choose a player or planeswalker that that opponent is attacking, and Tangarth, uh, you can have that ta- have Tangarth attack that player as well. So you can basically on, on its surf on the, the most basic level, you can give Tangarth to your opponents to attack your other opponents when when they attack. Um, I think it's really cool. I think the design is amazing. Uh, I don't know if you build a deck around him. I don't know what deck he goes in. Yeah, it, I, this is a build around and it's a Voltron strategy because the way yeah. you actually read this card is everybody's combat step is now your combat step. You give Tengarth any kind of attack triggers or deals combat triggers or at the end of, you know, oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Although I guess actually attack triggers won't work because he's not a declared attacker, but you know. No, but you give him stuff like you, you give well, him the swords, the sword cycles. You know, you you give him stuff that yeah. do that, and and now you are you are getting two to three extra combat steps sometimes. You know, one one yeah. to three extra combat yeah. steps, and I, I, that's for I, that's for free. Yeah, and, people and pay that's, good money to have extra combat steps available to them. Yeah, and, and if it's your commander, that's you're just adding commander damage yeah, up to that yeah, point. So there could be some politics in that too. I also think he's really good in the Marisai deck, the one where you're trying to goad mm-hmm. your opponents because now they have to attack, which and they can't attack you, which yeah, means you yeah, always yeah, have yeah, a target. Yeah, that's really good. You, I like that. Yeah, you always have somebody to give ten guard to, which I, I think I really like about that. Yeah, no, that's really um, good too. I like yeah. that quite a bit. Yeah. Now, moving on to uh, reprints, I think the two reprints that I, or actually, well, three reprints that I really love about this deck is, number one, uh, Tristani, Selesnya's Voice, which I think sure. I think everybody would have been shocked if they didn't put this card in here. Uh, she costs four, four uh, to play, uh, two green and two white. She's a two, another 2-5. And whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to its toughness. And she populates. So she works really well in the deck, which I really like. Sure. Um, they also gave us Amara Tandris, which is a uh, seven mana Selesnya card, five and green white for a five seven, which is a amazing body. Uh, she's also a legendary creature, and you prevent all damage that would be dealt to creature tokens you control, which is really good, especially now that we're adding red into the deck. Kind of the same thing that we talked about earlier. You know, you can you can play a lot of those like damage based board, uh, you know, board uh, damage based board wipes. And now your your tokens are going to be totally fine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little red ones that do like three and four damage. So you you know if if a lot of your non-token cards are like five or six toughness, uh, you, you know they're not going to die anyways. And then mm-hmm. a lot of your tokens are totally fine. Mm-hmm. The other one that I really like, and and I'm just happy that it's in here because I love the card, is Felden of the Third Path, uh, a, a mono red legendary creature. He's a two three. 
and he can create a token that's a copy of target creature in your graveyard, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types, and it gains haste, but you have to sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. But with your commander on the field, you put that on, you put that token on, it gains haste, you swing with it and, and Gearred, Gearred then will make a token, uh, will populate it and make a token copy of it. And yes, your original token has to get sacrificed, but that token that you populated gets to stay. And <sighs> Good Lord, that's so complicated. That's not, I mean, it's a two card no, combo. This is my favorite reprint. All right. We don't like complicated stuff. This is a Nyad deck. We're looking at giant Adiphage, baby. That's oh, the kind of card we want. We want giant Adiphage tokens to create more tokens over giant Adiphages. Giant Adiphage is a five green, green, seven mana, seven, seven creature insect with trample, always key. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, create a token that is a copy of giant Adiphage. That's a good card. There's a lot of stuff you can do with that. Yeah, giant Adiphage. If you if you let giant Adiphage hit one time, you now have a problem. Yeah, because now, now right. you have... hold on. This is yeah. we we got to take giant Adiphage. We got to put it in the Soltite deck. But just imagine for a moment the beauty that is Volrath turning into giant Adiphage, and then connecting with 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 giant Adiphage Volrath. That means you now have a token copy that it has giant Adiphage's ability, but it can also turn into a new creature. That's pretty good. That's fun. I want to do that once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. Yep. Uh, let's see, another... I, they put Garak, the Primal Hunter, in, yeah. which is a... I mean, just the fact that they're putting Planeswalkers in the deck, which is pretty cool. Uh, he makes tokens, which is what your deck wants to do, and he's a really good draw engine. Mm-hmm. If you if you only play if you only play this to, like, you know, uh, let's say you've got... Um, I don't know any four like let's say you just have a four four on the field. You it's a five mana draw four cards essentially sure. with his down tech that draws cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. You know I mean that's five mana draw four cards in in Naya is good. So um, as for new cards that that really really excite us and anything specific that you are really interested really interested in. Uh, um, I, kind of depends. Kind of depends. I in particular really like Commanders Insignia. Uh, it's yeah. a four mana enchantment. Creatures you control get plus one plus one for each time you've cast your commander from the commands on this game, and that will grow over time. So it's not like it's not like when you cast it you get that effect. You could cast it after having never cast your commander, and it it's not going to give it any bonus. Nothing, but but it, it's a nice oh, static ability that will just yeah. exist there. Yeah, and of and just as the game goes on, it's just going to keep getting more and more. Um, and I think personally, you need to cast your commander two times in order to make this this card really good. Anything over that is just gravy. Um, four mana for a single, like just what plus one plus one to all your creatures isn't that great. But you are in a populate deck, so obviously the more creatures you have, the more mm-hmm. benefit you're getting out of that. But if your commander dies and you recast it again, four mana for everything gets plus two plus two is really good. Yeah, I, I um. I think you take Commander's Insignia out of the deck. Uh, it's still fine. It's perfectly okay in the deck. But I think if you have a mono white or like maybe a white green deck, I think you just you just slot it in over there. Um, I, I think you're. I I think in, you're gonna be casting your commander maybe three times, and these things are gonna get really expensive. Like Atla, Atla for eleven mana. That's a lot. 
Uh, so I think what you really want to do is you want to put this in like a Rise the Redeem deck, right? Where oh, you're, yeah. you're okay with Rise dying just in, for yeah. this particular card. And you, and you expect him to die. Well, I also like that Commander's Insignia doesn't have to see your commander be cast. True. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like when it's on the field, it, you know, when you cast your commander, blah, blah, blah. It's, an experience counter. Yeah, it's not like that. It, it's, you know, you could cast this way late in your game when you've already cast your commander two or three times, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you can just cast it on turn four when you haven't even played your commander once, yeah. and, and that effect will grow. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, no, like um, Commander's I, Insignia, very, very good, but I think it's a cut if you want to, like, upgrade the oh, Naya deck, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, no, I agree. I wouldn't keep it in this deck because I think there are better things you can do with this slot, but... Um, but I, I just I think it's a really cool card for for yeah. one of the new new cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I also really liked uh, Doomed Artisan, which is a new card, three mana for a one one. Sculptures you control can't attack or block, and at the beginning of your end step, create a colorless sculpture artifact creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of sculptures you control. So That's sculptures just keep getting bigger and i think the idea of this what, what this is trying to do is you want to make as many sculptures as possible and then you want to kill doomed artisan sacrifice him get rid of him because then you lose the sculptures you control can't attack or block mm -hmm. but all of those sculptures are big they're big are, are, now right they're they're, they're all big they, like they five they, five fives Oof. yeah yeah because his card is what says they can't attack or block but if he's gone, they still retain that sculptures uh, are, are their power and toughness are each equal to the number of sculptures you control. So even if you get one, if you can keep populating it, they're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And I just like flavor wise, the whole doomed artisan thing. He makes a bunch of tokens, but then when he goes, they all turn, you know, like now they're now they're all alive. Yeah, no, those that's cool. Also, like, yeah, like doomed artisan is that's just good flavor stuff. Yeah. Um, another new card I really liked in this deck. I love the Naya deck. I think is probably my favorite um, out of everything. Naya and and maybe the Jeskai deck are probably the two that I like the most. Even I I do really like uh, Kadena as a card, you know, as a commander. But I think in terms of playing the decks, I I, I think the uh, the Naya deck and the Jeskai deck are probably my two favorite. But I really like Song of the World Soul. Um, it does kind of seem like a do nothing enchantment at six mana. Uh, whenever you cast a spell, populate, it's so but. It's, it's really, really expensive, but fortunately you're in green, so I'm assuming the ramping is happening. Um, so it's not like you're going to be getting, you're playing this on turn six. If you are, that's pretty bad. But, you know, whenever you cast a spell, populate, I think is really good. Really, really good. And I just, I mean, in this deck, I just think it's, you know, it just works out really, really well. Especially because there's a lot of cards, a lot of spells that just populate when, you know, they, they're a spell that populates. Yeah. So now you're getting extra populates and, and stuff like that. So, um, I think it's a good way of of populating more in the deck, and I, I just really like it. But it's possible that it could turn into a kind of a do nothing, <laughs> and it, yeah, it doesn't. Like, like I, I think, just think you want to do better things on turn six, or just just with six mana. But it's like you still yeah, you're keeping I, it in the populate deck. Yeah, I think if you if you play it and it sticks around enough for you to play three spells then you've gotten your value out of it. If it dies... Well, I think this is assuming like what creatures we're populating here. Yeah, but this this deck is built to be populating. Big, like if we're if we're creature. if we're like, you know, like Desolation Twin is in the deck, if we're if we're populating that 1010 token, hell yeah. Hella worth it. Yeah. If we're populating an egg, 
It's not worth it. It is if Atlas on the field. Well, I mean, but okay, sure, 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 sure. sure. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just playing. No, um, like, yeah, like you know, but like still, like you know, it's like hey, there, there's, there's some certain things. Yeah. I think, um, like overall, I well, I this can wait, but like overall, I'm really glad that a lot of these reprints aren't like they're not they're valuable cards where they cost like quite a few like number of dollars but also especially in the naya deck i feel like the inclusion of desolation twin and mimic vat like players i don't think players would run out and buy those cards immediately but they really should be in the deck yeah no i i love desolation twin in this i was very happy to see mimic vat in this um i like the idea that where they're going where they're tr- like you want to create you want to use those effects that create a token that's only going to last for a second mm-hmm. and then you populate it that way you can you know you can start populating cards that aren't normally meant to be a token mm-hmm. you know you can you can populate cards that have really really good effects and the more of them that you have uh you know the the better the better off that you are you know the the more of those effects that you can get um i also really like full flowering uh, XX green populate X times, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Spells. This is a new good. It's a good card. Yeah, I like it. Um, I a big fan of Oran, the frost fang, which is a snow creature, which is cool that it's a snow creature, mm-hmm. uh, five for a two, six attacking creatures. You control have death touch. And whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. This card is going to be, I'm telling you right now, this card is going to be in every green deck at least every mono green deck from here on out there's no reason to not have this card in there um it's i mean it's just so so strong um i like that they put second harvest in there uh for you know it it basically populates every single token you have uh Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. you know you're going to double up on all of your tokens for like four mana i think basically yeah yeah it's 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 good good stuff it's good stuff and it's also an instant spell Mm -hmm. which is which is just really really good um but yeah i I don't have much else to say about the populate deck um i think it's really really fun i think there's a lot of things you can do to upgrade it uh for me i'm probably going to get away from the populate aspect of it because i really want to run atla Um, you can drop every every card with the keyword populate on it you can just probably immediately drop and then add in good creatures plus thornbite staff and astronaut's altar and then like boom your deck is done i think if you want to be a little bit more i don't know big brainy i think mercy is also uh or marissi uh i don't know how you would say it marissi yeah who knows uh marissi the the cool cat warrior Uh, i wanted to talk about him for like just a brief moment i am a really big dune fan and in the Naya colors, there's a creature called Hazan Tamar, which is very obviously inspired by Dune, but he's $160. So I'm not building like a Mimi make, you know, sand or make, you know, uh, like worm tokens. I like I'm kind of wondering if like Mercy or Girid like could fill that in for me instead because I'm never I'm never gonna buy Hazan Tamar. Uh, the reason why you use Hazan Tamar is because he makes sand warriors, and that's the the whole Dune thing are these Fremen that are sand warriors, basically. But like, I think if anybody else out there has thought about making the deck but didn't feel like spending so much money on a bad deck, I think like Girid like kind of counts in a way. Or oh or, yeah, or, I, and then Marissi is like also just good. Yeah, I like I like Marissi a lot. I think I think it's really cool. It's it's not necessarily something like my play style of yeah. things, but but like you said, big brainy. Big I mean, brain. you're basically you're basically playing a Naya control deck, and yeah, I love that. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that's really cool. If you end up like if Marissi just kind of ends up sitting like in your pile of cards that you don't feel like playing, I may steal him from you. 
Yeah, um, no, of course. Um, so, but yeah, I think that's really all I have to say about the Nia deck. All right. Um, so obviously you're going to have way more to say about mm-hmm. Mendes than I, mm-hmm. I than mm-hmm. I have to say. Mm-hmm. You like the Mendes deck a lot more than me. But before we get to the Nia deck, sure. uh, I just want to say, I'm sorry, the Mendes deck. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, uh, if we haven't really said this already, I really think that Wizards just absolutely knocked it out. That was good. This is good. I complain a they, lot, but these are good cards. These are fantastic. I mean, e- even the cards that are bad, like, or are not necessarily bad, but like the cards that don't excite me, I still think they're cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like Gerard. I, I don't, I mean, I'm not crazy about him as a commander, but I, I love the design. I, I, we may be, we may be breaking the, the fourth wall here, but in between these two takes, I, I have figured out a lot about that card. There is a deck that exists, but like, honest to God, the ruling is real shaky and yeah. you could have a judge that just won't agree with you and the deck's horrible all of a sudden. All um, right, let's go ahead and move on right. to Angie. Uh, I don't know. It's do fine. Like you want to do like vampire tribal and like, that's it. I, I don't really see the discard a card, draw a card doing much of anything. Uh, overall, I think the deck is kind of crap. Uh, you want to take all the red out. And you just want to play Kyrix and of Yagmoth, which is a four mana and then three black. But he makes, you know, the three black is Fraxian. And then each bl- uh, black pip in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay the mana cost. All right. That's all my opinions are. Why are you doing this bit? All right. <laughs> of course I'm lying. This Rakdos deck is insane. This Rakdos deck is stupid. Angie's good. Angie, <laughs> Falconrath, one black, red, vampire, one, three, with haste. You can tap her, discard a card to draw a card. Whenever you discard a card, if it has madness, untap Angie, Falconrath. In the deck itself, it's really bad because there's like eight madness cards. <laughs> that is not true. I don't know. There's like 22 cards of madness, something like that. And I don't think there is. Let's oh, see. I'm going to count. I'm count. You, no, no, no. Okay, you, you, you talk. Count? You talk. Okay. I'll count. All right. Uh, so... We'll talk about like the upgrades in it. Uh, this is just like our initial thoughts. Uh, Angie has incredible breaking potential. You just have to try really hard. Uh, then there's Chainer Nightmare Adept. He is the second guy. He uh, is a new printing of an old card called Chainer, like horror friend, fiend, nightmare in your closet kind of guy. He is two black red. He's a three two. He's a human minion. You he has the ability to discard a card. You may cast a creature card from your graveyard this turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. And then his next ability is whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if it if you didn't cast it from your hand, hand it gains haste until your next turn. So. Um, what's cool about Chainer is that he gives himself haste from the command zone, which is just neat. It's nice that there's a lot of text on this card. It's nice that they were able to shoehorn haste onto it, but then also give your other creatures haste. There is a there is a version of this deck that's probably a pretty good reanimator deck. Uh, obviously, it's good to have a reanimating, fairly cheap reanimating uh, ability on something that's in your command zone. Uh, what's cool about him is is that you also, for the ability, you don't need to target anything. So let's just say you want to discard a card because it's a bad card, and maybe you have special discarding effects. There are plenty of discarding effects in this deck, like Madness. There are other things in this deck that we'll get to in a moment. Um, 
and then just say you i don't know you get traumatized you half your deck is in your graveyard you can now pick uh from those let's say you discard and then you you know wheel fortune or something so that's what makes chainer actually fairly interesting i think he's probably the best rakdos reanimator you know commander overall uh he's not again uh you could again like again for whatever reason this isn't even the face commander you can only activate his discard ability once a turn I don't understand why we're not allowed to do this when Atla is allowed to do this. But yeah, we for whatever reason, we can only do it on once once each turn. So sure, you have flash enablers and you're able to to do it whenever. Oh, you can do it once on everybody else's yeah. turn. Yeah, yeah let, let it go. I'm not. <laughs> I can't. All right. Uh, Grevin, Predator Captain. He is the last one. He's actually tied to Gerard. If you look at their artwork, there's a lot of synergies there, I believe. I don't know. Go ask the Vorthos guys, but I think they fight, and I think Gerard like sacrifices himself to uh, to you know save his his crew. Um, I think they're cool, like mirrors of their abilities. Gerard is self sacrificial to save everybody, while Grevin his abilities are menace. Um, he gets plus O plus. Plus X plus, plus X, O, plus. sorry, where X is the amount of life you've lost this turn, but whenever he attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do so, you draw cards equal to that creature's power, and you lose life equal to that creature's toughness. Drawing a lot of cards is always good in Commander. Uh, it's, it's always good. It's nice that this Rakdos dude has it on on his on his face it just he just does it inherently it's also nice that you like sacrificing effects and Rakdos are always good he's actually really really strong i think he is an incredible yeah voltron, voltron commander. like he might the, the... be probably he's like really close to being one of the best uh like yeah. tangarth and and grevin in at least in this pile of 400 cards we have they yeah. are competing for very very good voltroniness yeah, the the fact that he draws you cards and he gets bigger and yeah. loses life, which which can be something that you want to do anyways, and has menace. Yeah, is just like menace so, is so, so cool. I always forget how fun menace is, right? Because yeah, yeah. So but yeah, if you if you look at the at the art, it it is a very like they're mirror images of yeah. each other. Um, I also like that uh, you know Gerard is a human soldier, whereas Grevin is a human warrior. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. you know, uh, because that kind of says like Gerard is part of a team, whereas Grevin is all he's by himself. just a berserker. Uh, what's and... kind of cool is in the artwork, uh, Gerard has a bunch of the other uh, 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 Weatherlight. There we go, Weatherlight crew behind him, while Grevin has a bunch of Phyraxian uh, people behind yeah. him. He's got Volrath in the background. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's very cool artwork, very fun. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to Crick, which yeah. we're about to talk about right now, there yeah. are twenty Madness cards in the deck. Hmm. So that's pretty good. That's okay. uh, you know, um, it, it's much better than you said eight, I think. Yeah, I think I, I so, eight or something like that. I yeah. think there's only like eight good madness cards that existed before this. So, all right. Yeah. Kirk. So here, this is this is what Kirik does. Yeah. Uh, Kirik, son of Yagmoth, he costs four generic mana and he says you win the game. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's absolutely true. I want to know... Um, uh, so what he actually is, is a horror minion, uh, four, and then like I said, three black, but each black is a Phyrexian mana, which means you can pay two life instead of playing black. Um, he is a two-two. For each black in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay that mana. So each black pip, whether it's in an ability or in a casting cost or in a, I mean, even you can pay extort with this, which is neat. Uh, you 
yeah, that's like really broken. I don't even feel like talking about the last spell, the last thing, which is whenever you cast a black spell, you plus you put a plus one plus one counter on him. Well, it's important because he he has lifelink. So guess, because you're yeah. going to be paying yeah, so yeah. much, because you're going to be paying so much life, so much life. Uh, yeah, and there are there are there are opening hand wins with this card. Um, I don't know what they, they are. I, but. Well, I guess it's a lot of mana still, but like there are like you're looking to like doomsday and then you're looking to play like Yagmas will to play tendrils of agony for a high storm cost. Uh, that's, that's one way. I think you could just do like just good mono, black. Mon, mono black, good, yeah. just play all the good stuff yeah, for really yeah. cheap and just kind of go like for an aggro strategy. Mm-hmm. I would also put a lot of things in there that gain you life to kind of help supplement the amount of life you you're paying. Losing so much life in this deck, but yeah. yeah, it's real good still. It's real good. Yeah, he is very, very strong. We might, when we, you know, we might do an episode very specifically just talking about these four off color commanders and like the things you can do with them. So we won't talk about it too much, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, really, really good. Um, so we'll move on uh, to, I guess, just reprints. reprints. I think Geth, Geth Lord Geth, of the Vault, yeah, was like yeah, the big yeah. one. He was almost up to like 10, eight, expensive. Eight, eight, no reason eight, for him dollars. to be expensive. He, Other than just lack of uh, amount, you like know. Lack of uh, them being here. I like that Squee is in this deck. I'm happy yeah. when I see Squee. I wish yeah, they would well, use his original art, but, you know, that's okay, I guess. Well, Squee, Squee works really, really well in this deck. Uh, because it says at the beginning of your upkeep, you may uh, return him from your graveyard to your hand, which means with your commander, with Anjay or Anji, how, uh, I'm just gonna call her Anji. You always, Angie. you'll always have a target. I, you just, yeah, you know, I suppose that's you know, right. if, even if you don't have anything with madness to mm. to discard, at least you can discard Squee. You'll get to draw a card, and you'll know that you're gonna get Squee back. Yeah. which is really cool. So I like, and, and then Squeeze just, he's just a fun guy. He's, he's the guy. He's a cool he's, guy. He's the guy you invite to parties. Yeah. Great <laughs> um, off-color commander. Yeah. Uh, for the Planeswalker that they printed, uh, we got Obnixless Reignited, which is usually just five mana, destroy a creature, and then maybe draw some cards if he survives after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. but, but I, I mean, I do like it. Uh, he is pretty cool. Um, Oh, you're almost never going to get the emblem. The emblem is like minus eight, and he comes in for five. I don't even think uh, when, want the emblem. Whenever a player draws a card, you uh, you lose two. Or whenever you give a opponent the emblem, that whenever a player draws a card, they lose two life. So, you know, if you give it to one person, they're at least on every rotation, they're going to lose six life. Yeah. So, you know, um, I love Grimroar of the Dead, especially in a deck where you're filling your your graveyard. Um, it's a four mana legendary artifact. Pay one, discard a card, which is good because you want to discard cards anyways in this deck, and put a study counter on Grimoire of the Dead. Uh, and then you can tap it to remove three study counters from it. Uh, and when you do, you sacrifice it and you put all creature cards from all graveyards onto the battlefield under your control. They're black zombies in addition to their other other colors and types. Uh, one cool thing about this is. You can get up to three study counters, and if maybe you're not ready to remove the three counters yet, you could just keep using the discard effect as as a means of activating madness. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, you know, you 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 can keep doing that first ability until it has like nine or ten study counters on it. I don't know why you ever would, but you could. Um, you know, it's not it's not like one of those things where once you get the three counters, now that effect happens. You you mm-hmm. can choose between them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is pretty cool. Another good uh, reprint is in Garrick's Wake. It is a nine no, sorcery, but destroy yeah. all creatures you don't control and all planeswalkers you don't control. That is perfectly Absol- okay. It's perfectly Absolutely. acceptable. Such a good card. I also really like that they reprinted Overseer of the Damned because that card was getting expensive. Um, it, it's a seven mana five five mm-hmm. with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you destroy a target creature. And whenever a non-token creature in opponent controls dies, you get a 2-2 black zombie. Yeah. Uh, it enters tapped, which does really suck, but you know, I guess you can't have everything. Yeah. Um, and then there's Magus of the Wheel. That's good. Warstorm Surge. That's Warstorm Surge fine. is cool. Uh, I don't um, see anything else. Well, oh, actually, I should say there's a Solemn Simulacrum. Which oh yeah, with, really with the judge promo with the, cool, with the cool art. Yeah. I do want to talk about new cards, and especially we gotta we gotta set some time aside to talk about this card. Yeah. Aeon Engine or Eon Engine. Five mana artifact that enters the battlefield tapped and that changes the game of magic to Uno. <laughs> and <laughs> well, you got a lot, it's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of work to make this card good. But what it actually does is is you tap it and exile it, reverse the game's turn order. Apparently, this card has been sitting around brewing in the magic land. Oh, I bet. And and they finally were able to print it. This card, you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, think of all the broken possibilities. Don't do it, guys. The payoff is one person doesn't get to play Magic the Gathering anymore. Well not any I mean if you do the real broken stuff. I it's just funny. It's cool. It's it's a really funny card. It's yeah. really interesting. It's there's you know a, there's a great JoJo reference that I do, but I can't because Connor doesn't like anime. I wouldn't say I don't like it. I just don't watch it. But no, Aeon Engine is is very interesting, and if you if you do it in the like uh, the completely fair way where you you're just planning on using it one time, I like it because it it helps a deck like this get you know get ahead. You know, and it also helps decks like, you know, some decks can struggle uh, going last. Like they they really, really, they do a lot better if they go first. And this this card helps them get back into the first. Does it? Absolutely. But, it but you only care. Wait, when do you care about going first after when you have five mana to spend? Oh, no, that that's true. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't think you care. Like, unless you're cheating this out on turn two or three, you like... Yeah. I don't think that affects your deck at all. What what this affects the the only unless you are specifically trying to break it or you are playing it because you're a goofy goofy guy, the only reason why you even want to like the thought process on activating this card is that if you sit next to the uh the control player. Yeah. You might you want to get some turns in between you and the control player. Yeah. Or just if you've got somebody that you know is getting ready to combo off, you know, you you see all the pieces are on the table and if they get an extra turn or if they get one more turn, it's going to to, you know, ruin everything for you. This is great yeah. to right before their turn, you crack it and it goes back around. And so now they have to wait for basically six people to Hopefully. you know, six yeah. six turns of people trying to stop them. Yeah. Um, which is, which is, I mean, that is good. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be the card that I don't think it's going to be in every single deck no. from here on out, but I do think it's really, it's I, I think it's really cool. Really yeah. interesting. Like you said, it's, it's cute. Yeah. It's really cute. Um, you could like, again, you could make a billion, you know, artifact copy tokens of this. And, and then, like I said, you're going to consistently, it's like a reverse mind or it's, it's almost like a mind slaver lock where you're just like, you're like, you don't get to play the game anymore. 
Yeah, like, that's you can. Yeah, cool, you, you can take take basically one person out of the game yeah, forever, yeah. which is kind of. I mean, it's interesting if you can pull it off. That's great. I don't know. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great at all. Uh, um, now, yeah. Um, oh, I was just. I, this is another uh, new card. At least I yeah. think it's a. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant new cards. New cards. Yeah. 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 I think. I think this is a, a new card. Uh, Faith of the Devoted is a three mana enchantment. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, mainly the discard is what you care about. Uh, you may pay one if you do. Each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. No. Yeah. It is n- it, not a new card. Just. A, just. A it's not. Card. It's no. not new. Okay. I wasn't sure. No, I. No, I feel no, like no. I. Admit, but it's really good very in this deck. Oh man, is that is that good? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that's, I wish it was, uh, you know, you, you gain life equal to the life loss this way, but you know, you can't have everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's okay. So there's a, this is definitely a reprint call to the netherworld. One mana sorcery, uh, like one black return target, black creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And you can madness it for zero. Yeah. Love that. That's fine. In this deck. That's good. Love card. that. Um, there's also, I think this is, I'm pretty sure this is a reprint as well. Dark Withering is a six mana instant spell. Destroy target non-black creature. But it has madness for one black. Yeah. Which is, the, which is the prime example of how to make a card just absolutely horrible unless you discard it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, no, because because like okay, so there's that, and then there's also murderous compulsion. Yeah, which is yeah, a, a, a two mana spell to destroy target tapped creature, but then madness for two, so it doesn't change the 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 mana cost at all. It just allow it, it does. I will say, murderous compulsion is a sorcery, mm-hmm. but if you discard it at instant speed then you can cast it as an instant. So yeah, that, that's, that, what, that's what I think one of my favorite things about Madness is, is that suddenly all these sorcery speed spells are actually instant speed. Um, discarding, you know, creatures. I'm looking at Gorgon Recluse. It's not exactly a good card, but it is a Madness creature. That man, Its Madness cost is black black versus its five mana normal casting cost. So like being able to do like two mana instant speed get a creature out that's sick like that's always yeah well and then just gordon gorgon recluse just in general when it blocks a creature you destroy the creature at the end of combat Mm. so you could you could madness this in at instant speed and block something that that maybe they don't want destroyed but you know i mean you could you could bring it in against gear uh gearhead uh the naya lead because he's a he's a two five so it's Mm. not going to it won't kill your command, your, your creature, the Gorgon Recluse, but it will kill Girit. Yeah, which is pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my favorite Madness card that they printed is uh, where is of it? The, I just of the new, uh, new ones. Uh, I think yeah. There aren't of the, any. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. There's there's not. Oh no, there is. There is. There is. There's two. There's two. The, the new the new Madness Archfiend of Spite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. like. That's what um, Seven mana, six six flying demon. Whenever a source an opponent controls deals damage to Archfiend of Spite, that source's controller loses that much life unless they sacrifice that many permanents. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome, and it's got madness. So for five mana, I mean, with your commander on the field, you could turn five this six six with flying. Yeah. No, it's and that, really good. And and he is a answer or you lose kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. th- this guy will win you the game. Yeah, there's um, actually only three new madness cards. Oh, three new, only three new ones. Yeah, so there's Arc Fiend of Spite, 
Uh, there's Curse of Fool's Wisdom, which is a curse uh, with a madness cost that's basically just less than its actual casting cost. It's whenever uh, an opponent player, uh, whenever and whenever enchanted player draws a card, they lose two life and you gain two life. And then there's yeah. uh, Angie's Ravager, which is just again, it's a uh, attacks each combat if able. Whenever uh, it attacks, discard your hand and draw three cards. So, like its madness is just to be able to make it cheaper by one. Yeah. So, but other than yeah. that, yeah, there's no other madness cards. Yeah, I also like that they put Beacon of Unrest. I don't know if that card was getting expensive, but it is a really good card. Good card. Uh, five, five mana sorcery to get an artifact or a creature yeah. right back onto the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And then you shuffle the beacon back into your deck. And with this deck, you're going to be drawing a lot of cards. So you're going to see that Beacon of Unrest a handful of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is... Which which is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, one um, card, but, it's actually in a couple of the decks I want to talk about very quickly is Bloodthirsty Blade. It's a two-mana artifact yes. equipment where a equipped creature gets plus two, plus oh, and is goaded. It's in this deck, I believe. It is in the Night... I don't know. It's in the Jeskai deck and the Naya deck. It's in, it's in the Jeskai deck. I didn't see it in the Naya I, deck. I don't think it's in the Naya deck. All right, anyways. Uh, but uh, So yeah, plus two, plus oh, and is goaded. But then its ability is that you attach it to a target creature and opponent controls, which is neat. Because you can't yeah, really so you, give equipment creatures, or you can't even give equipments to to players usually. So it's just kind of nice to be able to be like, this card is a problem. I don't want it attacking me. Go ahead yeah. and attack someone else with it, Buckaroo. Yeah, and and the good thing about it is the the attach it to somebody else. It doesn't make it like by giving it to somebody, it doesn't put it under their control. So they can't now choose to unattach it if they want to mm -hmm. um, it's it's your card so you're the person that put it on there they yeah, can't yeah. they they can get rid of it unless they destroy it yep uh which is pretty cool so you can you can find your the the one thing that you don't want to touch you you can give it the bloodthirsty blade for one mana and now it's going to touch everybody else <laughs> yeah i i it's the bad touch but yeah i i really like that card um i'm glad they're like i hope they experiment with more ways of like not necessarily like being able to immediately deal with the single problem creature, but but being able to to avoid it, right? You know, like you don't want to kill it necessarily because it's still going to do good things. You just don't want it to, to touch you. So yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I uh, oh, and we got to talk about uh, Scare Teller, which I like a lot. Uh, four uh, mana oh, Scarecrow. It's, it's it, Bone Miser. Sorry, it's a, it's it's a new card. Yeah. Um, Bone Miser. Bone Miser is the it's uh, waste not, but it's on a creature, but it's waste yes. not for you. Where yeah. uh, it does everything waste not does, but it's just for you in particular. Um, it's for when you discard cards. Yes. Um, yeah, but Scare Tiller is a four mana one four Scarecrow. Yeah, that's all you need to talk. That's, that's, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful card right beautiful there. Scarecrow. Whenever it becomes tapped, you may uh, put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, or you may put a land card from your graveyard to the battlefield, and they always enter tapped no matter what. Yeah. I think that's really cool uh, because it's colorless. It goes in a lot of decks that might want those kind of effects, especially if you can abuse uh, tapping and untapping effects, uh, which blue tends to be able to do. You can you know tap it, untap it, tap it again, yeah. untap it. Um, yeah. there, there are plenty of things to do with this card. Um, uh, it's just I nice did, to have a new Scarecrow for the Reaper King deck that I'll never build. Yeah, um, I did I did see it in a... I, so I think it's literally in all four. No, uh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's in all four decks. So I did see one um deck that i saw that that likes likes it it's a legendary creature i can't remember her name but whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control you draw a card mm -hmm. um and and there was somebody that uh that i think i saw it on reddit or, or something but basically what you do is you get lotus cobra which says whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control 
you gain you get a mana and then there's an, an enchantment there's a couple of enchantments that do this but it has the effect where you pay one blue to tap or untap the enchanted creature so what you do is you put that on scare tiller and then you uh you pay one blue to tap the scare tiller grab a, a land from either your hand or your graveyard put it on the field uh the Lotus Cobra will trigger, giving you another blue mana, and then your commander triggers, letting you draw a card, and then you just keep doing that. That's a lot. But, I mean, those, you know, I think that's kind of like the ceiling of what you could do with this card, but I do like it. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, It is is a lot to make that happen, but I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I was kind of pouring through. I I figured it would be like Selesnia or something like that. I didn't see it, but I did notice Selesnia has like three legendaries that are just flavor text. So that's yeah. sad. Anyways, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. All but, right, cool. um, but yeah, that's that's really all uh, I think we have to say. Yeah. Granted, we've we've said a lot. We've, we've spoken for about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh right. Uh, the the Anya upgrade. Right. I think you're using Angie. Uh, you're you're. I Janer's cool. Grevin's cool. I don't think Kirik counts, but Kirik is very strong. But if you're looking to upgrade your Madness deck, there are plenty of infinite combos to do. One in particular, you may want to be looking at is the uh world gorger dragon uh plus any any uh animate dead style card world gorger dragon enters the battlefield and you exile all other permanents you control and then when he leaves the battlefield you return those cards so you use angie to just cycle through your deck you're just you're trying to draw cards you try to get world gorger dragon into your graveyard you can use animate dead there's like two other three other enchantments that do this but we'll just talk about animate dead when Animate Dead enters the battlefield, you can target World Gorger Dragon in your graveyard and bring it back. But then because of the ETB trigger from World Gorger, World Gorger Dragon, huh, Animate Dead has to be exiled. But then Animate Dead has the leave the battlefield trigger where you have to sacrifice World Gorger Dragon and then everything comes back. And you can loop that infinite amount of times. Um, two ways of winning. Either A, you have anything that enters the battlefield and deals damage or b you uh have all of your lands will come back untapped so that means you have infinite mana so you just have like a fireball effect or uh or in anything basically we'll just say a fireball effect there's plenty the world is empty and boundless uh when you have infinite mana so that's kind of like i would say that's like kind of a logical upgrade to this deck plus you want to use a card called falcon wrath gorger which gives each vampire creature card you own that isn't on the battlefield madness and then you just fill it up with vampire cards because these cards are no longer real that you're literally just cycling through them to get to better cards and you hope you get to them as fast as possible yeah, if you wanted to go the, the real combo stretch with Angie. I, and I think it's possible to just make her, you know, you, you put her on the field and then it's just nothing but tapping and this, untapping. This, this can like literally be like a turn two or turn three combo if you're playing Moxes and Soul Rings and Signets and plenty of rocks. But you literally, because you you only need one in a black to cast Animate Dead and you need World Gorger Dragon in your graveyard. Graveyard so, at some point. And Angie point. helped. And, and Angie, Angie will get it there. Angie will not only get it there, but it will help you find it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or help you find animate dead. Exactly. You, know, you can you can just absolutely go ham with, yeah, with Angie so. because you don't you don't have to if you discard a card with menace, you don't have to spend the mana on it. You can just mm-hmm. discard it and draw a card and then untap Angie and keep going. Yeah. So very, very powerful. But this is a pretty this is like a three hour podcast. So I, I don't think anybody's got gonna get this far. But yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Do we want to talk um, about who won the draft? No, we we both what? only got one point. What? Hold on, did we we both... discard matters for opponents? Did 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 bad. New cycle of off-color legendaries. I got one. 
Uh, oh, I did say the Populate deck was banned. Oh my god, we tied. Yeah, yeah, we both got one. I, oh, I, I, I listened no. to it. So I thought I, uh, <laughs> I thought I said uh, Populate deck is going to be Naya. I thought I said I wanted to. be No, I, I yeah. said it was going to be Naya. Okay, but okay. I didn't, I didn't say that as part of a draft thing. That's so. a bummer. Thank you guys so much for joining us for the last part of our Commander 2019 First Impressions. Of course, because we are a real podcast, we have a Twitter at Scry3Pod. That is Scry, the numeric three, P-O-D. Please give us a follow. That's the best way to yell at us for our wrong opinions and also just to keep in touch as to how the show is going. You can follow me personally at Dale and His Beard. Connor is a bit of an internet recluse. Uh, The music was done by Steezy on SoundCloud. That's S-T-E-E-Z-Y. Thank you guys so much. 